Beautiful. Thank you, Amy. In Jesus' name. Heard there's a little revival in our youth around giving. Come on. Uh, I've had a, a number of them come to me and say that uh, they've been challenged uh, and uh, have started to participate in giving, which I find to be pretty profound and amazing to hear our young people who are uh, considering and, and taking steps of faith to trust the Lord, even with their finances. Uh, and so I just uh, I thought it would be worth celebrating and, and highlighting them as they have been doing so. I also love that I get asked uh, some of the most amazing questions. Uh, it's, it's fun if you can invite young people to your house and feed them what you might hear and what you might get asked. And uh, not to, I won't call any one of them out because they're all pretty good at asking me questions in different moments. But one of the questions was, how come like half the church laughs at you pretty much the whole time you preach? And, they, and then they, the follow-up was, when it's not funny. And I thought immediately, like, well, what in the world would people be laughing at that they wouldn't deem as funny? And I think it's all of my song references throughout my message that they have zero understanding of. And not to call her out because she's not here to defend herself, but they particularly called out uh, Renee because she has a tendency to laugh and or Tyra pretty much at everything, which just shows our generation was better than everyone else's because every reference that I happen to throw down, you find quite funny. So young people, my commitment to you is to, um, to be as engaged with Snapchat as I possibly can so I can learn your lingo and your culture and be more funny to you. Like, buckle up. Like yesterday, I committed to posting a snap a day and finding the funniest way to say, like, oh, snap. Or like, top of the morning to you, snappers. Yesterday was my post. So be ready. It's coming. And if I can embarrass my son every day in his year 17 till he turns 18, I will have accomplished a very, very incredible task. All right, hey, here we go. Let's, um, let's uh, spend some time this morning where I thought we'd be starting a new series. Steve, you can have a seat for a moment if you want and come back up here in a couple minutes. You've got a, a worthy cue. Um, I, I, I kind of took um, a moment last week to, to share what I, I thought was a one-off message, a vision message. It was a kind of a recalibration, if you will, after coming out of a season of really learning and discovering and keeping in step and excelling in this thing that Christ has called us to as a church. And if you were here last week, you, you heard me uh, share a, a message out of the book of Philippians chapter 3 that was really in alignment with our vision as a church. And that vision is, if everyone uh, was here and, 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 and was present, is simply to help you to know Jesus and discover his purpose for your life. If anybody asks you what's the vision of Purpose Church, it's that easy. It's that simple. It's that clear. And, and I thought I'd be starting a new series today, but for what, but, but as the Lord would have it, I, I felt compelled to share uh, how I uh, got to this moment of revelation as it pertains to the, to the text in Philippians, uh, specifically to where Paul calls us to press on, <coughs> to press on. And so let me read to you just uh, the shorter version of the text, verses 12 and uh, 13 and 14 in Philippians chapter 3, that I hope will help us to um, kind of set the tone for this morning as I share a little bit of my heart uh, and my own personal ex- uh, encounter with the Lord over the last several weeks. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 says, not, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on, Paul says, to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Last week, we concluded that it was time for us to press on, to, to put to flight, to make publicly known the good works of Jesus, to, to reestablish and recalibrate us around our vision as a church, and that is that we would personally know Jesus and discover that he has a purpose uniquely created for each and every one of us. And, and so this morning, I, I want to I share with you how, how I got to that text specifically. But before I do that, let me, let me pray. Lord, I pray that your word today would be a lamp unto our feet and it would be a light unto our path. I pray that it would speak to each of us and that it would awaken in us and nourish us and help us to live according to your purpose for our life today and every day going forward. In your name we pray. Amen. And so we're calling this Vision Sunday Continued. And uh, this, this, this message title is Keep Going. Keep Going. And I wanted to share with you a little bit of a story. I kind of briefly highlighted this last week as I was kind of alluding to some of the worldly gain moments that I had realized I was having as Paul outlines in Philippians that he was learning to let go of, that he no longer counted or considered to be worthy of him holding on to anymore. And what I had come to realize in this this past few weeks that that while I was filled with great joy and expectation and anticipation, I started to kind of celebrate that I was living a pretty content life. I was pretty content. You know, I use this term a lot, and I've heard you guys repeat it, that I don't have any desire to be famous. I want to be effective. And so what happened was that as I was kind of leaning into this, this kind of this, this gear of contentment, I started to kind of realize in, in, in deep down inside my heart that I was actually not really truly content, that I was actually bordering on complacency. Uh, because I started to think like, well, do we really have to move? But, but, but do we have to keep like making more disciples? Like this is, you know, this is kind of fun. You heard me say this, like we're having fun. Katie, Katie and I are having the, the best time of our life. We're having the most fun that we've ever had in pastoring and, and ministry and ever in our, I don't know, 20 plus years of doing this. We're having fun. So I'm like, man, this is fun. We're full of joy. I'm like, well, do we, don't, do we have to move? Do we have to keep multiplying discipleship groups? Like, like we can handle this. Like we can handle this. Like we're good. And I started to kind of realize that, that what was happening is while I was recognizing a life of contentment, I, I was actually beginning to, to, to be more complacent than I was content. Because the things I was saying were not a, a, a spirit of contentment. They were actually a spirit of complacency. And they were beginning to, to leak in into the ways in which we would want to settle. I, I, I realized that, that I kind of translated contentment to to. to to be stationary. And what I've discovered through this letter and particularly through Paul's life is that contentment, as he talks about it, is never stationary. It never stays in one place. Contentment never leans back. I know. Sorry, guys. You know the whole lean back, lean back. Is that one land? No. They're all looking at me like Chris nodded his head a little bit. Okay, I'm breaking through. This, 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 this posture of leaning back, right, which we kind of reflect on uh, often as being c- c- content. Oh, I'm just going to lean back. 
Well, I mean, the disciples that around the table with Jesus were like they were just leaning back. But that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the difference between being content and complacent. And complacency is, is leaning back too far. Content is, is having a moment to lean back and reflect and celebrate. But then leaning in, leaning forward to what God has for us next. Paul was never stationary. He was never stagnant. He was always leaning in. He was always moving forward. He was always working. He was always going. And even when he was stationary because he was in prison, which is where he wrote the letter to Philippi, he was still writing letters to churches. He was still moving. He was still going. He was still doing and so I realized that as I was thinking about this posture of contentment, I was borderlining complacency. I was starting to rely on what we could do. I was talking about the things that we could handle and what we could manage and how we could be effective at what we've been doing and how we've been doing it. I'm just being honest. I haven't gotten to this point by telling you any lies. I'm fully capable of just being really vulnerable with you, and I hope that's okay. This is my confession. Dang it. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I know, I know the audience. I just am trying to break through the other side. There's a backside. I'm gonna have to move them to the front. So 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 a couple weeks ago, I went on a run. And here's how here's how that happened. Katie, you know, we're sharing two cars amongst three drivers. Um, we kind of organized a Friday morning where I'd take the boys to school because they had a football game in the afternoon and I'd have a car because, you know, I typically like to either go for a hike or go for uh, a gym. Uh, and Katie had a work appointment. And so we'd arranged it and all. And, and um, Katie happened to leave before I was going to leave. And I go to get in the car because, you know, I leave my keys in the car. Um, I know. <laughs> it's just how it works. Don't rep- Is that on the record? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why Will and I have a lot in common. Um, but, but, you know, so I went to get in the car, and I just know where the keys are, so I just hit start, and it doesn't start. I'm like, dang it. Where's the key? So I go back inside, look on the little hanging hook thing in our house. Uh, no key. And I was like, okay, where's Katie's bag? Where's Katie? <laughs> Katie had left, so I called Katie, and I said, hey, babe, you know, I had to pull my phone out of my Sabbath day. So, you know, I was already backsliding already and it's her fault. And uh, I said, hey, babe, you know, uh, by chance, you know, you drove last night. Did you leave the key in your little zip up purse thingy? I know where it is now. She said, um, hold on, let me check. OK, I don't have to check. It's in there. <laughs> OK, so that's that's the story. So I'm like, OK, what am I going to do? I want to I can't go for a hike. I can't go to the gym. And so for some reason, I was like, I'm going to go for a run. So I decided to go for a run, which is kind of weird because I don't like, really like to run. I'm good at running, but I don't like to run. Running's, you know, boring. So I go for a run. I get my headphones on. And I get my running shoes out. That's how committed I was to running. I don't even, I don't, I, like, they just hang out in the garage in case I ever decide to go running or Will decides to program a 5K at the gym. And, um, and so I go for a run, and I'm, I'm committed. I'm like, well, if I'm going to go for a run, our neighborhood, if you run the inside track of every cul-de-sac, it's, it's a 5K. It's 3.2 miles. So I was like, I'm all in. So I go for this run, I'm sitting out, and I'm kind of like listening to music, and uh, there's, a, there's a Christian hip-hop artist called KB, and I think he just put a new album out that day, so I'm listening to it, 
and, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm just kind of vibing this song, and I'm trying to, like, you know, connect with this song to make it relevant to this run. Like, it was going to give me motivation, and, you know, it was going to be this beautiful moment with the Lord where, like, all the clouds were going to part, and, like, you know, skies were going to open up, and, and obviously that wasn't happening. And so I'm running, and in the back of our neighborhood, there's this, like, little, like, like little corner that goes into a half cul-de-sac, and there's this neighbor that I remembered a few years back when I first got Doc, and I used to walk him, like, three miles a day. Now it's, like, a half. But anyway... Um, so I'm back there, and I remember this guy, he's got this, 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 this hedge, you know, right around his yard. And I'm walking Doc, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, he goes, hey, neighbor, how you doing? And just scared me to death. And I just, for some reason, like, I had this moment where, like, this was going to happen again. I don't know why, but this was going to be the day that he was going to jump out of nowhere and scare me. So I run past the house, going back into the end of the cul-de-sac, no, no sign of him yet. And I'm like, okay, 50-50 chance. All right, I got one more shot. So I'm coming back up, and I'm running, and I'm looking around the hedge, and I'm fully anticipating, like, being on my back foot. You know, I'm kind of running back-footed a little bit. No sign of him. And I get right up to the edge of the driveway, and all of a sudden, he pokes his head out of his car, and he goes, keep going! You're doing a great job! <laughs> now, at this point, I'm just angry. Couldn't you said that on the way that way? So at least I had time to, rec- like, now I'm just like, whatever. Thanks for that. Have a nice day. You know, you're awesome. Okay. Keep going. You're doing a good job. Fast forward to last week. And I'm gearing up for a prayer retreat. And, you know, our plans had changed a little bit. And, you know, I was kind of on the fence of, like, do I just not go? There's so much to do. We're getting ready to move. We got a lot going on. We got, you know, stuff to happen with the boys. And Katie had stuff going on at work. And, and, you know, at this point, she's like, uh, yeah, no, you're going to go. You know, just kind of like graciously pushed me out the door. And um, so I go on this prayer retreat. And many of you know, I, was, uh, I went to Blue Ridge. And um, on the, the next day, I had decided I was going to do this hike. And uh, the hike is like a little over six miles. It was out and back. And um, it was actually probably graded to be the, one of the hardest hikes I've ever done. Uh, and I don't know why. I just happened to be the hike that got my attention. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So it's like 1,500 feet in three miles. It's, pretty, it's a pretty, kind of a pretty high incline in a short amount of time if you're into hiking at all. Um, and so I get about halfway up the f- first three miles, about a mile and a half in, and uh, kind of had this like moment where I was like, hmm, I think I, my legs are burning. I thought it was going to be cooler than it was. I had sweatpants on and shorts underneath that, and I had a hoodie on. And it was a thick one, so I was hot, and I'm like literally sweating through my hoodie. You could see sweat like through my hoodie. I'm like, this is awful. Like, my legs are burning. I'm like, you know, I could turn around. No one would know. I'm by myself. In my mind, I'm thinking, this is the one time I go on the hardest hike, and I happen to run in fa- into a bear, so I might die by bear, and no one will know. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm literally having this whole conversation. I'm a mile and a half in. I'm like, I could turn around. No one would know. And wouldn't you know it, in that moment, all of a sudden I had this visual of my neighbor poking his head out of his car. Keep going! You're doing a great job! And all of a sudden I, I knew I could not turn around. I couldn't turn around. So I kept going because my neighbor said I was doing a good job. <laughs> so I get to the top of the mountain and I'm sitting there and it's called Rocky Top is the name of this mountain. It's not in Tennessee, just in case we're getting anything confused here. This is in Blue Ridge. And I get to the top, and I see one person, the first person I've seen all morning. He goes, ah, oh, there's not very, views aren't very good. 
but you know, good luck. So I climb up all the way to the top and I sit in this little open section and you could tell that like somebody burned a fire up there and there's logs laying around. So I just pulled up a log and I sat there and I said, all right, Lord, I'm here. It's kind of my posture whenever I get to the top of the mountain, it's like, Lord, I'm here. And all of a sudden he just reminded me of, of a note that I had created in my, in my journal uh, titled Move on Purpose. And in that was this text, Philippians chapter four and verse 12, or chapter three and verse 12, I press on. And underneath it, I, I, I wrote these words, church, it's time for us to press on. That was about a month earlier. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, keep going. You're doing a good job. Press on. What does this mean? What, what are you trying to show me here, Lord? What, what are you trying to reveal to me? And obviously, we discovered last week that press on means to put to flight, to make publicly known. It's time for us as a church to press on and keep going. But specifically, I thought these were just for me, and I, and, and I know they're for me, but I, I think the Lord wanted me to share them with you as well, that there was three things that the Lord showed me at the top of that mountain as it relates to this idea of pressing on, to keep going. And, and there's simply this. There's three things, okay? It's keep going. Number two is keep trusting. And number three is keep following. Keep going, keep trusting, and keep following. Keep going, keep trusting, and keep following. The, fir- the first one, keep going. And, 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 and I don't know why, but you, re- you recall we did a, a series called Fresh, and, and we were looking at Galatians specifically. And I always kept looking past Galatians 5 and was looking at 6. And, and I recalled in that moment that, that Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, and I don't know why, but the message version is what really... Uh, jumped out at me. And it says this, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. Let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up, if we don't quit. So right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And so on the mountaintop, he, 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 was, he was encouraging me to, to keep going, to don't give up or don't quit, to don't give up or don't quit. So often it's easy to, to think that we're content, but then we actually run the risk of operating with a spirit of giving up or quitting. I've arrived. Look at what we've done. We've outgrown this place. And yet he's saying to me in the mountaintop, press on, keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get fatigued doing good. Don't, go, don't, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get complacent doing good. Don't settle for what you have. This is, I'm, I'm just kind of sharing my own personal journal here. Honestly, if I, I thought I'd just use my journal, but I wrote it so it was coherent, because if I tried to read out of my journal, I'd just be all over the place. Don't, don't, don't get fatigued. Don't give up. Don't settle for just doing what you've done that's good. That's what I wrote. But keep doing good. Keep going. The second thing he showed me was to keep trusting. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. The prophet Isaiah is reminding them of what God has done. 
He, he, he made a way through the sea. He, he, he freed the Israelites through an impossible set of circumstances. They were up against an impossible situation. They were up against an impossible body of water that they did not have a raft or a boat to cross. A path through mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuff out like a wick. Verse 18, watch this. So, 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 no, so he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness in streams in the wasteland. You, you see, the one who made a way through the wilderness of your life. The one who reminded you on the hard mountain climb to keep going. The impossible seasons of life that you faced. The, the moments that you didn't think you'd make it. The moments where you're on the brink of throwing in the towel, where, where, where you were just going to give up. The moments where, like the Israelites, you were often tempted to just go back to what you knew. Oh, the Lord showed me something so rich this morning. I don't have time to share it with you that I cannot wait to share with you about that very sentiment. So often our tendency is to go back to what was familiar, even though it wasn't safe. He, he, he's saying that the one who is the same yesterday, the one who is the same today, and the one who is the same forever, he's saying to us again in this text, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The same God is making a new way. You see, it's not God that's new. It's the path in which he's leading us forward that's new. You see, he's not going to repeat the path forward from a path previous. But the same God who saw us through that season, through that trial, through that circumstance, through that valley, through that wilderness, is the same God who makes a promise to us today that if we just keep trusting, that he will keep making new ways for us to move forward, to continue to seek after him, to continue to partner with him, to bring a renewal to the earth. If we would just trust him, keep trusting him, he, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, will continue to do new things in us and through us. It's not to forget that which he's done in the past and not celebrate that which he's done in the past. It's to allow that very thing to remind us how good he is and that he's still worthy of our trust and our faith and that he will see us into new seasons through new valleys, through new moments where his faithfulness and goodness will ring true then as it did back then. What he's made a way through for you to get to this point in your life. What, what has he made a way through for you to get to this point in your life? That's a question for you to consider this morning. If he, if he did it once before, listen, I wish I had a chair because I would just sit. I kind of wanted this to be like a living room conversation. I almost wanted to just invite you to my house, but there's not enough room. If he did it, if he did it for you once before, listen, he will surely do it again. Israel, if he, if he set you free from captivity and he saw you through an impossible body of water, and he led you faithfully through the wilderness, and he provided for every one of your needs. Purpose Church, if he did it for them, if he's done it for you once before, he will do it again. So I say to you, as he said to me, keep trusting him. Keep trusting him. You know, if, if you ever envisioned a, a, a pastor preaching to himself on a mountaintop, it's kind of what this is. 
just preaching to myself. And if, if it's encouraging to you, if it's helpful for you, helpful to you, then, then thank God for it. If not, it is for me. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Keep trusting, he said. The third thing he said to, to me was keep following. Keep following. Keep following me. He brought to mind Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, and particularly the message version, just, just for today. It says this in verse 1, so come, so come on. Let's leave the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Come on. NIV says, let's, let's, let's not go back to the elementary teachings of Jesus and get on with living. It goes on to say, grow up in Christ. You see, the basic foundational truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust towards God, baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, God helping us will stay true to all that. But there's so much more. So let's get on with it, shall we? I think that if we are going to turn our backs on anything, which is what I was on the, on the, bridge, the brink of doing, let it not be Christ Jesus. Let us not go back to the elementary teachings of following Christ. There's so much more. I, I want to pause for a moment because some of you might be thinking, well, I don't really know Christ. That's okay. You're in the right place. Our vision is to help you know Jesus and discover his purpose. I'm sharing with you what he challenged me with and what I believe he might be challenging some of us as we are beginning to grow up in Christ as he calls out. I don't need to circle back to the cross for my own personal salvation. I want to circle back to the cross to ensure everyone that God's called me to encourage, to share the good news with, has an opportunity to come before the cross and understand the power of his death and resurrection for themselves. So in other words, what we're talking about is living a life of drive-by crossing. You ever been the, the, the victim of a drive-by crossing? It's when you scoop somebody up and you grab them by the arm or you grab them by the shoulder and you put them in your car and you drive them to the foot of the cross and you hang out with them there long enough so that they can have an encounter with the cross so that their life can be as transformed by the power of the cross as yours has. That is not going back to the elementary teachings. That is, that is leaving the preschool finger painting exercises behind us and recognizing that what I got in this past season was for me and what he has for me this next season is for somebody else. Keep following keep following. There's so much more. Let's get on with it. Let's keep going. Let's keep trusting. Let's keep following him into this new season. I want to, I want to kind of, I want to, I really want to challenge you because this was my challenge. Let's, let's respond today as a church. Let, let, let's, let's make a commitment that as we leave this moment, we won't forget what God has done for us. Don't forget it. Don't forget it for a second. You kidding me? I haven't forgotten a single moment where God has proven himself to be faithful for me. And if I have, I ask him to recall it for me. It's like, a, it's like an eternal Rolodex. Just go into the prayer closet. Lord, remind me of some good news that you've done for my life. Don't for a second forget it. But let us not hold on to it so tightly that it keeps us from trusting him and following him into this new thing, into this new season that he's about to do in us and through us. Let us not allow it to cause us to be 
complacent. Let it not cause us to lean back so far that the chair falls from underneath us. But allow it a moment to reflect as we gather around the table as we just did where we can lean back as Jesus invites his disciples to the table but then charges them in the very next breath to go. Hey, lean back. Let's celebrate. But now let's go. It's okay to lean back for a moment. It's okay to sit at the table and celebrate with your friends. But don't get stuck there. What I was on the the verge of doing was getting stuck And so let me finish my story, if I could. On the first day, I I got there, and um, I was kind of getting set up in my room and uh, started to get a feel for the the downtown area. And obviously, you know your pastor well. I was looking for food and coffee. (laughs) It's kind of important. It's essentials uh, in life. I had my Bible. I just needed to know where food was and where good coffee was. And so I, I started to walk the square, and I got up to the top, and I heard this, about this little poke place that was up there called uh, John's Poke Bowl. I know. I'm like, and if you know me, you're like, I'm in the middle of the mountains, and the guy's name's John's Poke Bowl. You think that would just be an automatic disqualification for me. It's far away from the sea, and the guy's name's John. And I walked in thinking maybe, you know, he might have been from Asia, and, you know, that was his American name. No, he just he looked like my brother. <laughs> we could have been twins. It was one of the best poke bowls I've ever had. So I get done with my poke bowl and I turn left and uh, there was a barber shop next door. I just already got my hair cut, so I was good. But right next door was a cigar and cafe bar. I was like, huh, well, you know, maybe that's the fourth essential. (laughs) Yes, I enjoy a cigar on a fire pit every now and again. It's sorry, forgive me. So I walk into this cigar and coffee bar thinking I'll just grab a couple because I was going to sit by the fire pit later that night and just have a moment with the Lord. And I walk in and sure enough, leaning up against the counter, this man pops his head up and he says, hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Smokey Bear Cigar. Walks right up to me, puts his hand out. My name is George. What's yours? I said, hey, George, my name's Aaron. He goes, how familiar are you with cigars? Ah, you know, I'm not an expert. I dabble. He goes, well, let me give you the five cent tour. I'm like, all right. Sure enough, this leads us on this little moment where George had one of the most profound moments of my life this past year. We get to know each other. All of a sudden, you know, as we start talking, he's telling me his story about his sons and how he ended up getting into the cigar business and that he was from South Florida and all the rest of it. And somewhere along the way, I started to share my story with him. I don't know, it just felt safe. It was encouraging to him. It was encouraging to me. And here I am sitting in the cigar lounge, smoking cigars, hanging out with George, talking with a few guys that were hiding out from their wives. And I finished that afternoon, and I thought, man, I'm coming to come back here tomorrow. This is a moment that I'm supposed to be in. Sure enough, I go on my hike, which I just shared with you, and go have lunch by the river, which was beautiful. I'm a sucker for trout. That you can get in the mountains and be, be sure it's going to be good. And it was about 2.30, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to Smokies. I drive down, and I park right outside, and I walk in, and sure enough, there's George. Aaron, you're back. Come in, man. I want to introduce you to my wife. His wife's there. She's from Cuba. She's just the bounciest person you've ever met in your life, like Tigger. Just 
like bouncing all over the place. Her, name, her nickname was Beans. You can imagine Beans. He said, I want to introduce you to my best friend. I was telling him about you last night at dinner, and he hoped that you were going to be here today so I could introduce you. So I'm sitting there. Next thing you know, two and a half hours later, I'm not going to tell you how many cigars. Let's just say that it was very encouraging and it was very light. We get to the end, and George's like, man, when you come back up with Katie, your wife, we want to take you to dinner. As a matter of fact, I'm coming down in a couple weeks with my son who's going to be in town. We're going to go to the cigar lounge over in Kennesaw. Would you like to go with us? I said, absolutely, man. It would be my honor. We exchanged numbers. And he pulled me in. He said, Aaron, I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to say this to you. I said, I'm all ears. He goes, you need to keep going. You're doing a good job. How can God use a guy like George in the middle of a mountain that I wasn't even supposed to be on to say to me the same exact phrase that my neighbor who pissed me off and God who whispered it on the mountaintop when I wanted to turn around, the same exact thing. And I think that we need to be reminded it doesn't matter where you are. God still has the ability to speak to you through anyone if you'll just give yourself permission to listen. It's a purpose, family. I think the word for us in this season is just that. We must keep going. We're doing a good job. It's never been about me. It's never been about you. It's always been about him. And it will never be about me. It will never be about you. It'll always be about him. The call for us as a church is that we must keep going. We must press on. We must know that the job we've been doing up to this point is good. And he's proud of us. And he's thankful for us. And he wants you to know that we can lean back for a moment. But do not get stagnant there. You can be content in this season. But remember that contentment is not stationary. And it is not stagnant. But it is on purpose. And it is always on the move. Regardless of how imprisoned you might feel. Or how restricted you might be. There's always a season where God can use your story when you least expect it to be an encouragement to somebody else. We must press on. We must pattern our life after Jesus. We must continue to make him our focus and put to flight the good news that he's done for us, for me, and for you, so that new people, new places, and new spaces will come to know him as we have. It's time for us to press on, church. It's time for us to keep our eye on the goal. It's time for us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, where God is beckoning us onward. We're off and running, and we're not turning back. Are you ready? Will you stand with me this morning? Keep going. We're doing a good job. Come on, you need to hear that. Keep going. You're doing a great job. And a new thing is about to begin. Come on, everyone, close your eyes. Listen, if you don't know Jesus personally, you've never had an encounter with him, I'm not going to pass a moment to to invite you into a a moment where you can come face to face with him. So everyone's going to close their eyes. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment. But if that's you this morning, you're like, man, I want to keep going, but I have never started. I want to keep going, but I, 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 I turn back somewhere back there in, in, in life where I got discouraged. I got hurt. I felt like, felt like God let me down. 
But for some reason in this moment, my heart's pounding a million miles a minute, and I can't help but feel like he's speaking to me today. He is. And the word for you is, I love you, son and daughter. And I want, to, I want you to know just how much I love you. If you'd allow me to forgive you and to redeem you and to walk with you and to be a friend to you. So before we move on, before we make a declaration as a church, I want to invite anybody who doesn't know Jesus, who has, who has found themselves running from him and today feel as though he's been running towards you this whole time. If that's you this morning, every eye's closed. I want you to just do something really brave, and I want you to just lift your hand to heaven and say, that's me. I want to know Jesus. Every eye closed. I want to know Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to live a life of meaning and purpose. I want to keep going, but I realize in order for me to keep going, i got to start. Today's the day you start. And maybe for some of you, today's the day you start over. Who is that? I'm not going to rush. Anyone here? Awesome. I see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Want to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to start again. I want to start fresh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. We're all going to say this together because there was one brave person who raised their hand. And you know what? In heaven, all of heaven's angels are singing and celebrating for one. Jesus left the 99 so he could go get the one. So today, we're going, to sing, we're, going to, we're going to say this together. We're going to say it with joy in our hearts as one person. And maybe there's more. Maybe you didn't raise your hands, but in your heart, you're saying, no, that's me. I want to join the one. I want to start again. Then I, I pray that you'd echo this prayer in your heart as well. And that you, today would be the day that you start a life in full pursuit of Jesus. So let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I ask you, to forgive me of anything that I have done that would cause me to think I am unworthy of your love. Forgive me. And I ask you, I invite you into my heart today. Heal me. Restore me. Be with me. And help me to live the life you've called me to live with you and for you in Jesus name and everybody said amen. amen and amen come on let's celebrate we can celebrate and if that was you and you raise your hand and you want to come up afterwards and meet me I'd love to shake your hand and give you a gift uh, because I think that would be amazing and I'd love to be a friend to you in this season as you take this step of faith for the rest of us are you ready you ready to keep going listen you're doing a good job there's a new thing about to begin. I want to invite Sally and Will to come back up here because we're going to close with that first song. And when we sing this song, we're going to sing it with a, song, with a heart of praise, with a spirit of joy. Before we do that, I want to read this over you. This is my prayer for us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and th through 3 in the message version says this. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who plays the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down and start running, not literally, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began a finished, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. 
because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story, that good news of what he's done for you over and over again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. It's time for us to press on, Purpose Church. It's time for us to keep going. We're doing a good job. And let us not lose sight of the goal. His name is Jesus. Amen.